Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, Russia continues to amass troops along the border with the Ukraine. We've discussed this uh, quite a bit over the last week or two in terms of what uh, the intentions are of Vladimir Putin. And uh, we had a great conversation yesterday with World Trade Center Utah's president and CEO, Miles Hansen. And we discussed why Russia is acting more aggressive now. So I want to go through a couple of the things that we touched base with uh, Miles on yesterday and then how that plays in to what the G7 is doing now. They've sort of uh, shot a fire uh, shot across the bow uh, of the Russians saying, hey, this there will be there will be big consequences and severe costs if they attack the Ukraine. Uh, But I want to start with this conversation with Miles Hansen in terms of why Russia is leaning into this so heavily right now and uh, what happens next. Hey, so the timing of this escalation is not a coincidence. There's absolutely what, what Putin has been doing has been saying, asking himself, how can we advance Russian interests in Ukraine at a time where it looks like America is weak? And so what they've been doing is, is amassing uh, troops on the border, uh, manufacturing this, this crisis, with the intent of creating leverage over the United States to then try to get concessions from us, whether it's on Nord Stream 2, a gas pipeline from Russia to Germany that bypasses Ukraine, or whether it's NATO membership and a host of other issues. Um, but it just underscores to me the importance of, of, of strong American leadership in the world and always demonstrating our competence, because when we show weakness, it creates opportunities for adversaries and it makes the world a less safe place. So Miles went on to say that one of the things, one of the specific uh, elements in terms of uh, what we can do, what we should do, was this thing he referenced, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, uh, which would allow Russia to uh, move uh, natural gas in particular uh, without going through the Ukraine and get that to to Germany and France and other places in Europe. We do need to think about uh, points of, of leverage and how to increase the costs to Putin and the Russian people if he is to to invade Ukraine and take the eastern part of the country. And so we could do that through, you know, uh, reinstating sanctions on the German company that is is building the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. We'd remove those sanctions uh, just in May and June and July of this year, uh, in fact. And we felt like the Biden administration felt like they'd reach a deal with Germany where we should allow that to move forward. Reinstating that would make it more difficult for Nord Stream 2 to become operational. One of the things that uh, Miles mentioned was uh, how we could boost or strengthen the Ukrainian military uh, and also do this important work with our allies in Europe. Increasing the capacity of the Ukrainian military to fight off and incur costs to the Russians if they were to invade is another way that we can increase the cost of an invasion for Putin, not just for the, the military and the government, uh, but by through that, you know, undermine uh, public support in Russia for a, a full-blown war. And then also we can work with our partners and allies and the Germans and the French. Um, this is a, a crisis in their backyard, in the backyard of the European Union. 
this is one where we need to still their resolve to incur some costs if it, even if it comes at a cost of some increased energy uh, prices in Europe. So as uh, we work through this whole process, what is going on at the border there of Ukraine, uh, Miles expressed something that I've been concerned about. So many people thought that the Biden administration would be a great settling, stabilizing force when it came to international issues and foreign affairs. And uh, Miles uh, expressed a concern that I actually share with the administration's lack of strategy and their ability to take in information, process it, make new decisions, implement new strategy, uh, and keep that cycle turning over. They seem to be bogged down and very slow to respond in a lot of these things. Uh, Here's what Miles had to say. But there's a lack of strategic resolve. There's a lack of understanding of what we are trying to accomplish. And if you don't get those right... Mm -hmm then it's impossible to develop a sound plan and execute that plan because you don't know what you're trying to do. And unfortunately, our adversaries see that. And so we see them absolutely uh, developing plans and executing uh, executing those plans. So uh, how do we all come together around that and uh, deal with the issue? The G7, as I mentioned, uh, came together. Those countries said they were united in their condemnation of Russia's military buildup and aggressive rhetoric towards the Ukraine. Uh, There was a two-day summit in uh, Liverpool, England, with our G7 countries. uh, And the official statement said, we call on Russia to de-escalate, pursue diplomatic channels, and abide by its international commitments on transparency of military activities. The statement went on to say, and again, this was uh, on behalf of ministers from Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, and the United Kingdom, as well as the United States. Uh, It says uh, Russia should be in no doubt that further military aggression against Ukraine would have massive consequences and severe costs in response. Now, to be very clear, the text does not clarify what those consequences would entail. Uh, And I think that's where the real challenge is, is uh, we often uh, jokingly talk about the, the unarmed British bobby, you know, yelling stop or I'll yell stop again. And if the G7 countries are just simply yelling stop at Russia uh, or will yell stop again, uh, Vladimir Putin just going to keep rolling along uh, and he's going to disregard all of that. Now, in context with that, we've also been following today that Vladimir Putin and President Xi from China uh, have had a video summit, a video conference Uh, And so that becomes a very interesting dynamic as we look at these two uh, important adversaries and I would add important allies, Uh, not allies in terms of being unified in terms of our principles and cause, but we do have to work with Russia and China on economic issues. We do have to work with Russia and China in dealing with North Korea. Uh, And so it's a very complicated world out there. And the challenge for the administration is what is the strategy And how rapidly can you adapt to the changing conditions? I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us for hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to be joined by Rabbi Zippel. We're going to talk about some mental health issues and opportunities. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.